This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by the following sponsors. We're in the outcry. And we just want to let you guys know about a show we have coming up on July 11th at Hickory Trading Company in Chesapeake, Virginia. And we've got details all over our uh, social media. We've got Olivia Dyer coming out to that show to play with us and a friend, Brian Howerly. It's going to be a great night. It's an outside show. All precautions are taken as far as any COVID stuff. You don't have to worry about any of that. Um, we're just there to support Hickory Trading Company. Come out, enjoy the night, bring a chair. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So we'll see you then. Bye. right now <laughs> y- y'all just look so terrified <laughs> you're like a bi greeter <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway uh welcome to the latest and greatest episode of eye to eye short for inspire to inspire uh the podcast that is all about open and honest and real conversations about life and faith and you know that we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to except for Devin, who's trying to mock me was right it now, mocking. Yeah, you were. No, I we was... need to. Yeah, we we legit need to make this a YouTube channel so y'all can see the nonsense. <laughs> I was imitating you. It's the sincerest form of flattery. No, that was mockery. There's a difference. Yeah, it's okay though. Call it what you will. I'm gonna let it ride. But uh, as you know, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. My name is Justice. And we are most certainly glad to have you rocking with us. And on this episode tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to catch up. We uh, we hope you enjoyed the second half of The Last Dance. I hope that you all have prayed for justice as she continues to navigate her understanding of what real goatness is in the basketball realm. And um, we are, are certainly hoping that she will be delivered. Amen. <laughs> and then uh, Jesus. It's going to take an Old Testament miracle. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you might be right. Mm-hmm. You really might be right. But no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot. Uh, we need to play catch up. Uh, catch up is necessary, but that break was also necessary because, again, we were sick and tired. And sometimes when you you are sick and tired, you need to take breaks. So that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin, how you doing? Feeling feeling somewhat uh, rejuvenated. I think you realize how much all of this uh, <laughs> trying injustice and COVID-19 and all this stuff kind of takes out of you on a a day-to-day basis. So on days when you just kind of can get back to a little bit of normalcy and focus on the stuff that you're really trying to, you know, pursue, you know, just progress through, you're like, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah. So I feel good about that. And we move forward. And, And Justice, how are you? Well, you know, I'm coming off of a week vacation in Myrtle Beach. And we're done. We can stop so. right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling refreshed. Uh, well, you better be. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say this. That's why I really didn't want to ask the question. Because I knew the second that I heard it, it was going to be hater. Can, can we put her on mute? I, actually, I can put her on mute because we're on Google Meet and it's under my meat. <laughs> I know. So. I know. <laughs> I get, you know, so all y'all talking about my throat clearing. Guess, guess what happens here? Yes. Mute. It's a mutiny. It <laughs> <laughs> can happen. Yeah, I'm so sorry for the lame jokes. Appreciate your forgiveness. But yeah, I think we need to just go and get the ball rolling. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do is, you know, we try and keep it very Christocentric here, but we are also very petty. And we just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the nation's best, well, in accordance to, to most... Um, 
most people the nation's best coffee. Uh, a Starbucks, salute. <laughs> yes, yes. So basically, Starbucks is the corporate version of Drew Brees. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, there. <laughs> I realized that as Christians and an inspired podcast, we should not be promoting lying. Um, but if you're going to open your mouth, you might as well just lie. You know, if you can't help yourself, but open your mouth for the Lord knows what reason. I mean, even God's probably looking down going, you know, Drew, um, just a mild fib would have just made a lot of things easier, especially when you're, you're one of my own, you profess to believe. And yet, um, you know, I, I would hope that you would <laughs> behave with a little more wisdom than uh, the, the Seattle-based coffee company, which in Seattle is interesting right now because the 51st state is opening up there. So that's a whole nother can of worms. So, yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that, uh, that story was actually quite intriguing to me because, you know, as I'm listening or as I'm reading it and, and, and assessing, and for those who don't know, uh, who might have been in a bubble or in the 52nd state, uh, what happened was, um, you know, we've had a lot of protests and in the process, people have begun to speak out. It's actually been very, very awesome uh, to see some of the unification that has occurred. Uh, but in the process of that, uh, some people are beginning to express themselves a little more uh, with things like um, Black Lives Matter, uh, just the statement. Um, you know, some folks are not expressing the movement. That's respectable. But as long as you understand that Black Lives Matter, uh, that that that's cool with me. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's actually pretty cool. We're going to talk about it in a second. There are certain sports arenas that you would not have, have expected that that have really taken on uh, the understanding of the meaning. Um, but there are also people in, in their own world. They've decided to do whatever they can and go to whatever measure to express it as well. And there was a company uh, that we've already put on blast that basically said, if you're going to wear anything that expresses Black Lives Matter, you will probably be fired. And this is what I was thinking. I've worked at Starbucks before in my life. The only job I ever got fried from, we don't need to have that conversation. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Did uh, you use soy when you shouldn't have? What happened? <laughs> no, you can't say you got fired and then not tell us. It's actually not a really bad story. I got fired because I had a power outage and my alarm went off. And I don't know if you know, but you know, you start working at Starbucks as early as 4.30, 5 a.m. Uh, so when you don't show up, people freak out. And then I got fired. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, that's that's that. Oh, okay. It was just a one-time occurrence? Uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that it may have spurred <laughs> from other times that I might have been tardy for work. <laughs> we'll leave that there. The dog ate my homework. <laughs> I, it, in all sincerity, though, I, I was always honest. Uh, now I'm getting bitter, and now we're going to shut it down. <laughs> you know, I had to Thank call you. you out real quick on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that the I was always honest is your defense after I just lit up Drew Brees for being honest. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I know, but that's okay. Yeah, but you know, the thing I, I wondered though is I was like, I, I recall when I worked there, the manner of individual that is frequently hired for those establishments. And, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of them are part of the LGBTQ uh, IA mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, other organizations that are very progressive. And so they knew who they, they hired. So why on earth would you think that them not trying to express, you know, they come in there rocking flag earrings and, and things of that nature. You, you're going to try and suppress them from saying Black Lives Matter and you know they're probably about the cause and you didn't think this was going to get national attention. <laughs> that was my thought. You know, it's funny too because you think of Starbucks as being uh, kind of the, the worldwide or not even worldwide, but I guess nationwide place where people go to chat about the current events. <laughs> And yet they don't even understand what's going on and the climate right now. They basically served a uh, an iced latte when America was ordering up an extra hot, hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's the best way to put that. So we just wanted to give them a salute for the, the awesome retraction that they gave, um, knowing that it's really only just to save face. You know, we can talk about countless organizations out there that have probably made some mistakes. Uh, but this one, the, I, I was just like, "Wow, you uh, y'all should have faked it till you made it." That's that's all I got to say about that. And sometimes it works better to fake it till you make it. In certain instances like that, I'd rather people not be fake. I'd rather know that you are who you are. So, in a sense, I guess that's contradictory. But at the end of the day, 
Um, you should have known better. You know what your company stands for to America. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to touch on this a little bit more later. But when NASCAR is getting it right <laughs> and Starbucks is getting it wrong, I'm so confused at the world we're living in. <laughs> Dude, I am, I am so intrigued. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share later on. I have a little thing I want to do called the good, the bad, and the misunderstood. Uh, so I've got a couple of things that have been good about this. Got a couple of things that have been bad about this. And I got a couple of things that have been misunderstood about this. Be sure the NASCAR tweet is in there. <laughs> Let's save it for a second. Let's just talk about some of the good, and then you can segue into the good, the bad, the ugly. So um, it has been reported that all over the world, I don't know if anybody's seen the news or not, um, but you know the, the protests for uh, unification against pr- police brutality, against racism, um, have literally spanned the world over. And it's been awesome to watch. Uh, one of the things that I was not expecting was what has happened in all of these different soccer leagues uh, across the world, which I thought was amazing. Um, and specifically the Premier League, I saw a story that came up in a Bleacher Report that says uh, players from all 20 Premier League clubs uh, released a joint statement on Friday, this was about two weeks ago, saying the nameplate on their kits or jerseys uh, will be replaced with the statement Black Lives Matter when the 29-20 season resumes next week. And, you know, I just, I thought it was awesome to see that because just as a man and as a black man in America, I had some concern that, uh, how do I put this? The same concern that a lot of of African-Americans had, that this was going to get some attention, uh, that people are going to be like, yo, this is wrong. Um, And then, you know, they would just kind of fizzle out. But, you know, obviously in the United States, we've seen an insurgence of what some people are considering the second civil rights movement. And I think that's awesome. But never did I expect that across the globe there would be other protests in, in Britain and France and Spain um, and Australia. Uh, and now we've got something like this where we have European soccer leagues. As a matter of fact, I think it was like the day after they reported the George Floyd death. Um, I forget the name of the soccer player, so forgive me on that. Uh, but there was a soccer player that played for a club who got a hat trick. And every time he scored a goal, he actually knelt. And the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, this right here, like knowing that people actually stand with you, it just, there wasn't a better feeling. It's crazy to look at, because like you said, if you're watching the news, it's crazy to see just how many different countries in Europe and just kind of around the world are really embracing this movement and in solidarity with the movement. You know, it's encouraging. I, I don't think there's been this much attention to civil rights since the civil rights movement. It's definitely encouraging to see everybody, you know, come together and stand up. And I think even, you know, people in the athletic arena, just using their voice, using their platform, people just having the courage to speak up for what they believe in and for what is right. Um, It is encouraging. And, you know, I truly believe we are moving in the right direction. And just gives a lot of hope for what's to come. Pretty cool. It is. Uh, it was really cool. The The main thing that I think of when I see this, and I think that's why it gives me so much hope, is, uh, you know, this is almost like the process of the gospel revisited. You know, remembering everything that happened after Jesus got off the cross uh, and was, was, was raised again and, and officially took his place as king. Uh, what we noticed after that was that there was a spread of of the understanding of our faith that went pretty much the world over. And so, you know, um, I, I love that as a model almost for what we could and should be expecting when it comes to the things that are of the nature of Christ. You know what I'm saying? I think that it's really, really hot that we can take the understanding of, for example, um, chapters like Ephesians chapter two, you know, um, and how it establishes the nature of unity uh, in the body of Christ for both uh, Jew and Gentile, as it says, um, and how we can really see that being lived out right now, in a sense. Um, of course, it it has a polarized moment attached to it, which I think is perfectly fine, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, certain events in the Bible kind of did the same thing. The stoning of Stephen and Acts um, was pretty much the same setup for the beginning of the movement for Gentiles to be converted uh, to to the faith. So, you know, I think that it's it's things of that nature that kind of give me the spotlight of hope that I think many people have right now. Uh, and I just want to continue, I guess really, to, I guess to encourage it. 
uh, because I know in the grand scheme of things, if we're looking at this from a chronological standpoint and seeing exactly how far it took for us to get here, then we know that it's going to be at least decades before we can kind of reverse. And I think to that point, I think, Dev, you were talking about uh, somebody who's uh, in one of our groups. Um, her husband was was making reference to that. What about her, their children kind of being able to see that one day? Yeah, you know, it was it was really cool to be able to chat with him. So just for a little context, you know, I'm in a, a prayer group with him and one of the the pastors on the prayer group. And this isn't to disparage this message whatsoever, because that's that's not what I'm trying to do. But I think extra is required. Um, so let me just <laughs> put that up front here. Uh, basically, the pastor saying that, you know, this this racism thing is an issue of the heart and an issue of the spirit. And we need to be praying that that God kind of eradicate that from our hearts and our spirits and, you know, really kind of expose in us areas that we might not be aware of where we might hold some prejudice or we might hold some racism. And that's not wrong, but unfortunately, it's also the easiest way out. Like what we see with school shooting issues. And uh, listen, I own a gun. I'm not anti-Second Amendment. So I just want to put that out there. But I do have my heart broken every time I see a school shooting. And I do wonder if we can't be doing more than thoughts and prayers. And essentially saying that this is a heart or spirit issue is pretty much in line with saying thoughts and prayers after a school shooting. Right. That, that's all well and good. But if we look through the history of the Bible, anytime major change happened, anytime God called someone, you know, I, <laughs> I laugh because I had this realization uh, not too long ago that when people say, you know, the Bible doesn't really talk about racism and shoot, it even talks about owning slaves. And then I think, hmm. You know that second book? It's called Exodus. Exodus. What were they exiting? Oh, that's right. It was an entire group of people who were being suppressed because another group of people thought that they were superior. And so they held them as slaves. And God literally said, let my people go. He tried to free a chosen group of people that he loved from the tyranny of slavery. And he did it in such a way that he allowed chance after chance after chance for Pharaoh to change his mind. And when he realized he wasn't going to, he simply hardened his heart further in order to make the point that much stronger. Well, here's the main point of that that I'm trying to connect to the story I'm telling. If Moses said to God when the burning bush came out and said, hey, uh, hey Moses, uh, do me a favor just pray a little bit harder tomorrow. Okay, we'll get this thing figured out. And Moses is like, good deal, God. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. All right. I'm pretty sure not much would have happened. <laughs> Instead, he actually had to take action. He actually had to put himself out there. He had to go back to the people that he grew up with, <laughs> face them and say, hey, by the way, y'all, <laughs> I'm I'm not one of you. I'm actually one of them. And you kind of need to let them go. Or there's going to be like a bunch of frogs and crickets and death and all kinds of stuff. And uh, without the action, the prayers and the thoughts don't really mean much. So in this case, thoughts and prayers isn't going to do it, folks. If you really want change, you need, to, you need to educate yourself. You need to communicate. You need to do something that will cost you something. You need to take action. Yeah, like we got to do the work. You know, God doesn't say that, you know, we're not going to have to do some things, you know, we can't be lazy. He says the opposite. <laughs> you know, and whatever that looks like for you, you know, I think the beautiful thing is that everybody is doing it differently. You know, they're expressing themselves differently, whether that's being more vocal on social media or having those hard conversations or donating to different organizations or creating their own organizations. I think that's the beautiful thing is there's so many different avenues in which you can advocate and make a difference. It's all about, you know, finding out where do you feel called to really make a difference and make a change? So I think that's what also, you know, brings so much hope to the situation too. And figure out what work can I do to help make a difference and to help bring light and change to what's going on in the world? You're right. I think back to if Moses is a little too far back for you, then let's go ahead and go with Christ who says upon hanging on the cross, take this cup from me. That's all encompassing of the fact that he knew that he had to put forth action 
in order to bring the change that he was called to bring, which was the redemption and salvation of all mankind. And he knew that he had to do that. And even within that, he was like, do I really have to do this? And did it anyway. So just think about that when you're simply being asked to engage with someone who might have a different background than you. That's, that's like what we're asking you. We're asking you to maybe watch a documentary you wouldn't otherwise watch. We're asking you to maybe read a book uh, that you wouldn't otherwise read. And maybe that will spur on more of a motivation for you to get involved. Like the action that people are asking for is the minimum amount of action we could even be asking you. <laughs> so let's not pretend like this is that difficult. All that's a long way to say. The friend that I spoke with after that prayer meeting had said to me, you know, the, the prayer march that the churches participated in here in Norfolk a couple of weeks back, he said that was the first time in his entire life that he had hope that by the time his children are his age, and I believe he's 45, I don't even think they're 10 years old yet, that his children might actually live in a world that doesn't have the same issues that he faced growing up. We might actually have some things that he's dealing with now moved on from and changed. And that just spoke volumes to me because I was feeling that kind of hope too. But the difference is, is that I haven't felt the burden of wanting something like this for my whole life. I've only felt that in recent years and I've only felt that for friends I've recently made. And so to, to see somebody who's been dealing with the weight of that for 45 years, say they're feeling that same hope, it not only makes me excited, but to be honest with you, it motivates me to do even more because if he's feeling that, then that means that ladies and gentlemen, this is that time. This is that opportunity. I definitely agree. One of the one of the things that I've kind of reflected on the most in this too is thinking about, just like you were saying with him in 45 years, I will neither confirm nor deny that I'm somewhere in my upper 30s. Uh, what I've witnessed up until this point, I have to absolutely continue to, I don't know, just rain through my head the, the fact that segregation in the state that I was born in, which was Georgia, was still around the time that I was born, which is 1981. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. It's absolutely wild. So it's, it's so funny because I know we were having the conversation about Emmett Till a few episodes ago, and we were talking about how my parents were alive during that one. But I really had to take a second and sit in the fact that had I been just a few years older, I probably would have had some real uh, recognition in my memory of something that might have said colored or whites only. And that's wild because the only thing that I could think about uh, initially was, you know, seeing those things in pictures that you would witness in the 60s during the civil rights movement and things of that nature. But then I had to also tag on something that I'm sure we'll talk about sooner rather than later uh, with the election of 79 with Carter and Reagan. And one of the main reasons that Reagan got voted for was because individuals wanted to continue segregation and they knew they weren't going to get that with Jimmy Carter. And, you know, so with that, you still have that systematic um, racism and, and oppression set forth uh, in a time where I was a little bouncing baby boy. That is wild to me. Like that is, that is insane to just think about and insane to just realize and have to recognize and let it manifest within myself that had I been born just a few years earlier, I could have really witnessed. I mean, I still witness it, obviously, but I could have witnessed it um, in, its, in its finest form still. That's just crazy. It really is crazy to think, I mean, we, we're beating a dead horse when we talk about how you don't have to go that far back in history to realize how close this stuff is, how close this stuff really impacts our life and it, it shapes our worldview and it shapes the communities that we live in and it shapes the way we interact with others and it's going to shape the way that we raise our own kids. What's interesting is that a, another friend of mine was telling me in his generation growing up, he would ask why, and he's like, and I'd get hit in the lip. <laughs> Where in, in this generation, kids are asking why because they truly want the knowledge to understand the context behind the why. They want to understand how the world works so that they can navigate it. But more importantly, they want to understand how the world works so that they can change it. And if you think you're going to change Anything in this world without taking the time to understand it better, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think we can amen that for now. Uh, 
So I, I thought it would just be kind of fun to do the good, the bad, and the misunderstood. Uh, so the good, obviously, that's coming out of this is, you know, people genuinely wanting to learn more. I've had many conversations with people over the last couple of weeks who are asking me, you know, you've been talking a lot about this stuff for several years now. And, you know, I've listened, but, you know, okay. <laughs> but now they're going, so can you explain to me, like, like what's happening? You know, I had this conversation with my parents um, who I've never heard say a racist thing about anybody, but even they're like, we want to understand what's going on and we want to know more. We don't get it. Like we don't quite get it and we want to talk about it. And so, you know, we had probably a two hour talk. It was really great to have with them and it was really enlightening to have with them. And I basically just told them, I said, you know, first and foremost, you need to just educate yourselves. And I gave them some resources and I thought that this could be helpful for some people um, you know, movies are important right now. In fact, I'm, I'm doing a, a movie community group with some people from church where we just talk about movies. And the one we just talked about was Just Mercy. Just Mercy is the story of an attorney who basically commits his life to trying to get innocent men off of death row. Most of those men are black and they're in Alabama where the system is pretty messed up. And right now that movie's for free on Amazon. So I'd encourage you to watch it because it's it's a story about how this man was able to basically redeem a bunch of lives uh, regardless of, of the amount of adversity that he was faced with. And then if you want something a little bit more educational, 13th on Netflix. I mean, geez Louise, the, the weight of that will really help you understand the shadow attack that came out of the civil rights movement. So a lot of people think, you know, oh, emancipation set everything free. Well, if that didn't do it, then civil rights did. Nope. Uh, check out 13th on Netflix because that will really enlighten you to the shadow war that's been going on here. Um, another resource that I gave them was Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History. Uh, the One of the most eye-opening episodes that I had heard from him was Miss Buchanan's Period of Adjustment. And it talks about the the true wake of the desegregation in, I believe it was, it might've been Kansas, I think was the story he was telling. But basically how we think that this, this is a landmark thing for civil rights and for, for black people being able to now integrate with white schools. Uh, nope. In fact, the opposite is true when you think about what happened. So that's, that's a really fascinating one. And lastly, I'll just hit uh, a book that I've read before. And it's, I only recommend it because it's, it's very approachable, I would say, for a lot of people. So some books are not as approachable. <laughs> yeah, I've heard white privilege has been a bit of an issue. Yeah, I have that uh, noted in the bad. <laughs> <laughs> not the book, not the book, the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but the book that I'm going to recommend is called Beyond Colorblind. Uh, it's by Sarah Shin. Sarah Shin. This is a Christian-based book, um, but it basically talks about what people don't understand is racism is not about not seeing color. Racism is about embracing differences in a lot of ways. You got to get over that part of it. That's where we really get beyond. It's not just, oh, well, I'm not going to judge anyone by the color of their skin. It's beyond that. It's beyond that. You should be uh, appreciating the different cultures and different backgrounds that people have. And um, that book's really cool. And I think it's very approachable. And I think it's a, it's kind of a good start. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. So we can jump onto the bad. I'll, I'll I'll start with one bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's um the continued revering of of or revealing rather, excuse me, of uh, individuals who even in what we would call I guess redeemed Christian context, that's a conversation for another day. Do things that continue to reveal their heart as well. And I'm not I'm not calling nobody out per se, but in objectivity, uh, sometimes the truth kind of reveals itself, including uh, something a story that just came up. Um, Another thing I seen on Bleacher Report uh, with a basketball player at the uh, at Liberty University. Uh, her name was Asia Todd. She was actually a star. Um, she just revealed or in, informed everybody on Twitter. She put herself in the transferring portal, uh, and the reason that she cited uh, was racial insensitivity from school leaders. So she made something very clear in the article. I don't have time to read it all, but uh, to break it down, she actually had no issue with her coaches. She had no issue. Uh, with any of her teammates. Uh, she actually loved the organization and the program. 
um, as far as all that was concerned. But her main reason that was cited, and I'll go ahead and read it, uh, Liberty Women's uh, basketball player, Asia Todd, announced she's entering the transfer portal. See, I said it right that time. Yay. Uh, after school president Jerry Falwell Jr. sent a racist tweet that included an image of a face mask with a photo of a person in blackface and another person wearing Ku Klux Klan attire. And for those who don't know about that tweet, that actually, not to be, uh, I'm not breaking down no political nonsense, uh, but he had an issue with our governor in Virginia, I guess having to do with, uh, not something to do with COVID-19. Uh, so this actually had nothing to do with anything initially racist per se. But uh, for those of you who are in Virginia, you're aware that there was something that came up uh, last year with our governor. Um, and apparently in his old EVMS yearbook, uh, when he was in med school, he may have taken a photo. And in that photo, it may have been him in blackface. Uh, by that, I mean, it <laughs> probably was him in blackface. But, uh, ne- you know, neither. Well, I, you know, I don't think he would have apologized if it wasn't. But, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> still, you know, some folks are just really, I get it. This this has been a safe face season for a lot of folks. And and for what it's worth, it's so far in the past and it's water under the bridge. And I, I, I really have disdain for people who try and bring up people's past like you don't have one. Uh, That's another sermon for another day. Uh, But the bottom line was uh, Falwell brings this up into the process. Obviously, there's something racially insensitive about bringing out these pictures. He thinks he's doing one thing. And in turn, he's actually doing something completely different. And I'm pretty sure that he is clueless of the impact that this has on his students until now. So, you know, I just, um, you know, it just, it had me thinking about so many folks and, uh, we can have different conversations about things such as Christian nationalism, uh, the direction that that sends things into. But it's more so for me a Christocentric issue. It's a problem of the heart where it's so misguided that you, um, the president of a university that is supposed to teach and preach Jesus uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, are spending your time instead sending out tweets like this. Uh, where instead of challenging individuals to be better, even if you have an issue or a discrepancy with this person, uh, this is what you want to do instead. This is the action that you take. Uh, and, you know, the only question I can ask is WWJD, call me old-fashioned, call it a very simple question. But it's got so many different complexities when someone who is considered a Christian leader across the nation, almost in celebrity status to an extent, um, is the person that's doing this. And it has backlash across the board because there are certain Christians who will, A, be folk theologians and buy into this entire thing, which becomes problematic because then they think it's okay. Um, And then B, there are individuals who may not be believers or who are kind of borderline believers right now. And they'll see something like this and they'll be like, yo, this ain't really like the Jesus I'm supposed to know. And this is what the church is represented as. And then they defect from the faith. So I've got two problems with that because either you're the blind leading the blind or you're the one that's deterring the one who's really attempting to see. And they don't see that. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just leaving it in the atmosphere for somebody to take, but I just, I think that we should, in the body of Christ, have a genuine problem with uh, folks who are legitimately illegitimizing the real purpose of the gospel. This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. I had a couple of different thoughts that came to my head when I, when you had sent that article to us. One, you know, kudos to Asia Todd for having the courage to stand up. I'm going to read you know, the part she's, it says, due to the racial insensitivity shown within the leadership and culture, it simply does not align with my moral compass or personal convictions. And, you know, I think for someone who I think she's, uh, is she going into her sophomore season? I think she's going into her sophomore season. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, I think, 
you're still young and you're still trying to find your way, you know, in college. And I think to have the courage enough to stand up and say, you know what, this does not align with who I am or what I believe. You know, I think that takes a lot. Um, So kudos to her for standing up for what she believes in, you know, having the courage to do that. I think something else that something I personally have just really been sitting on and it made me think about it when I read this as well is in the book of James, he says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. And that's something that's just really, really, really been sitting on my heart lately is I think sometimes we're so quick to speak rather than slow to speak and quick to listen. And especially when you are in the position that you are in, when you are, um, you have uh, so much authority um, and power per se, um, you have to really be careful with what you say and how you say it. Um, And so I think in this type of situation, you know, and even other things that I've seen on social media, um, you know, yes, we need to be vocal, but I think we really have to sit back and think about what we're saying before we say it, because what you say has impact on the next person. You know, obviously we're all going to have different perspectives. We're all going to have different opinions, but you know, I just really think that especially in this time, let's be quick to listen and slower to speak um, and really think through (laughs) what we're going to say before we actually put it out there. I mean, it impacts people. I mean, so, and I think, I hope that this was a lesson learned for Jerry. Yeah, you, you, we hope. Oh, we, we hope. hope. <laughs> um, we have hope. I we think. have, yeah, we have hope. Yeah. Uh, here, I'm going to hold my breath, uh, call the ambulance so it's here by the time I pass out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the correct way to say that is I will hold my breath on life support. Yeah. But also to the point that you made, Jordan, I think that is so true that we have to really consider. I I think so many people want to point out other people's past, um, but we all have a past. It just goes back to, you know, we have to show grace, you know, to one another. And, you know, we can't um, continue to point out, well, look at what you did before, you know, to try to justify the actions that we're doing now. Forget the fact that people have pasts. How about this? A lot of people still have a present. Right. That's good. And, you know, what what we're all doing right now is navigating through. I have no problem with people having issues. Um, I have no problem with people having anger. You know, when it comes down to it, this is what I do know, uh, that God is love. And love, of course, is very much, very, very much uh, without know, blame or, or fault in most cases, but that does not mean that it does not have an opinion. And I think one of the things that people fail to miss is that they get their feelings hurt over the fact that somebody is entitled to an opinion, even though love is quote unquote unconditional. Uh, but the problem is it gets filtered through people who have terms and conditions. And I know that that's one of the things that reflects the most, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, Falwell may have been very well intentioned. Although if you continue to read that article, he makes it very clear that in a sense he was not. Uh, but one thing that I do know about just dealing with people communicating is that we have to continue to have conversations. And what I can guarantee you in this instance, at least uh, amongst many other issues, um, is that there's nobody sitting across the table from somebody else. You know, conversations are really the key turn to comprehension and no conversations are being had. And if no conversations are being had, then all we're doing is we're resting all of our laurels and these assumptions that we have of these other people. And you know, like I said, we've, we've got an interview coming up sooner rather than later. We'll put it out there with uh, Brandon J. O'Brien where we break down all this stuff because so many people have these differences. Well, in Christianity, what I've learned is that there should be no indifference in difference. You see what I'm saying? Uh, there should not be you know, we, we should all understand that we're different, that we have unity and diversity, that we might handle things differently, that we might see things differently. But ultimately, uh, that does not hinder us from being able to proceed and having a proper communication with any and everybody 
And the minute that we do that, I bet that most of these conversations that we've had, especially on Facebook, um, they, you know, they look very different. And thankfully, mine went the opposite the way that Devin's did. So I'll just give the good because we, we need to talk about the bad. We're talking about the bad now anyway. Uh, but there was an individual who went to one of our previous church campuses who had an issue with Candace Owens. Candace, 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 there we go. Candace Owens, who we will not speak about, at least on this episode. Let that be heard. If you'd like to hear more about her, go watch 846 by Dave Chappelle. It's free on YouTube. I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. I'll keep trying to find it. Um, but, you know, he was he was indifferent, I guess, to say the least, uh, to a bunch of individuals um, on a post that I had made on Facebook. And instead of doing what I really wanted to do, which was, you know, roast him with facts on the actual post, the Holy Spirit got the better of me. Praise the Lord. And instead, I just, I contacted him in a private message and we ended up having a conversation and you wouldn't believe what the conversation did. Um, It revealed to me a lot about his nature, why he feels the way he feels. I had no idea that his family is from and still lives in Minnesota. I had no idea also that his father actually works for the trucking company of the individual who got jumped on the highway and that his father could have been in that truck that day. You know, that gave me a personified means of why he feels the way he felt. And then I was able to empathize uh, because he also told me that he had had a conversation with his son earlier that week, who was about 17, 18 years old. And he explained to him, he's like, son, you know, um, it almost feels like the tables have turned, duh. But, uh, you know, I need you to be careful because out there right now, your skin color may not work for you. And of course they're white. Um, and he also felt like he had the, he felt the need to conceal carry. And, you know, I told him, I was like, well, bro, I empathize with you on all those points. Let me tell you why. My mom had that same conversation with me when I was younger, except when she had it with me, I was eight years old. And no eight-year-old should ever be told, be careful for your life. It just doesn't compute to me. Still doesn't compute. The fact that I heard that was something that still sits with me. And of course, as I got older, having to deal with things like racism, having to deal with racial profiling and things of that nature, I, I I was more prepared because I was aware. But it doesn't change the fact that in its unfortunates, I now had a means to be able to to converse with this man. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. And that's where Devin's going to come in. I will happily jump in. I like what Justice said about in James where it says, be slow to speak and, you know, quick to listen. Because I think the the divide right now, every single black person, Hispanic person, whatever you might call it, the first piece of advice and the first request that they give is to engage, is to learn, is to have conversation because that is what stems and leads to education. When you're dealing with an issue like this that is so much wrapped up in what we perceive as truth, as fact, as worldview, we fail to want to learn more because we just think we're justified. Well, my, my experience is what reality reflects. But that it's just simply not true. And I think what happens is when you start having those conversations, you slowly start to realize that. And it's an old adage, but basically, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so as you figure out that you don't know everything, you start realizing how little you actually do know. Right. You know, and that that's important because once you get there, you start realizing, you start humbling yourself because you're like, oh my gosh, I know so little about what I thought I knew so much about. What's interesting is there's a couple of times, even, even in, th- in this recent event, like I've been doing a lot of reading and, and a lot of talking and trying to learn a lot. And I'm still having my eyes opened every single day. Uh, one of the items uh, someone was talking about looting. And of course, you know, none of us are justifying it. Okay. But a lot of people are using it as a focal point uh, to, to focus on as opposed to focusing on the injustice that caused it. Okay. And what's interesting about the looting is somebody said, we don't know for sure that the people who are doing the looting aren't simply trying to feed their family. We don't know for sure that the people doing the looting aren't suffering from unemployment or suffering from what's going on in in the country prior to all the the racism stuff that's going on. And it was like, wow, I never even thought about that. And then people would be like, well, what about the guy stealing shoes or the guy stealing a TV or the guy doing this? And, And that person goes, 
we don't know that they're not selling the TV to buy bread and milk. Like we literally don't know that. And I'm not saying that that's, that's the case in every instance, but it just gave me enough of a glimpse to go, wow, that that's actually a possibility I never considered. And I'm, I'm reading a book that's a little bit less approachable. I've been reading it for a while. I've been reading it slowly because it's, there's a lot to digest, but it's from Ta-Nehisi Coates. It's called Between the World and Me. It takes a little bit because there's stuff in it that you're like, whoa, really? It really tests your understanding uh, as a white person, what your worldview is versus what his worldview is growing up as a black poor kid in Baltimore. And there's a line here that I thought would be interesting to, to read based on this. You don't know what you don't know. He's talking about a time when he was six years old and he slipped away from his parents at a park. And then his parents found him. His dad, you know, basically reached for the belt and, and punished him for having slipped away. And he says here, and this is the quote that's so interesting. He said, later, I would hear it in my dad's voice. Either I can beat him or the police. Maybe that saved me. Maybe it didn't. I've never once had to think as a white parent that I need to physically reprimand my kids so that they don't end up being physically reprimanded worse by an authority figure. Right. And that's literally the world that he grew up in. So I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> and that's why engaging and having these conversations are so important. And, you know, to not to steal the thunder on the bad, um, but your bad just simply wasn't bad enough. Sorry, guys, because your bad ultimately ended up being somewhat good by the basketball player standing up. Uh, I'm going to give you a real bad, okay? And this is from, this is from the Facebook uh, post <laughs> that Jordan alluded to earlier. I'm going to leave names out of it to protect the innocent. <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> or guilty. But basically, um, someone had posted about uh, a book because they were reading and learning and having their eyes open. And somebody basically critiqued the book and said, that book is worthless because that's written by uh, an individual who's not a Christian and this, that, and the other thing. And so I responded with, well, if, if that book doesn't do it for you, here's a couple written by Christians uh, that maybe those ones will do it for you. And the reply that I got, and I don't know this person. This is just simply the reply that I got. Uh, Devin Chandler, I'm good. I didn't choose to be white and black people don't choose to be black. That decision was made long before we came along. I guess God is the ultimate racist since he felt the need to create us with differing complexions. I'm certainly not going to live a life feeling guilty for God's creation. Maybe those Christians who feel the need should take it up with their creator since they feel he must have made a mistake in regards to the color he made them. That is definitely the bad. That just goes to show you that, that his, his worldview is such that he's in the space where he has no idea what he doesn't know. And he's simply believing that his experience is the only possible experience you can have. And unfortunately, there, there are people like that who we just have to understand they might not be reachable and you may have to leave them behind if God's calling you to learn more. Even if you love those people, you might have to leave somebody like that behind. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought that because uh, I, I read that post, I read the entire conversation and it caused me to have conversations with people that I love that were relatives of some of the individuals who left the posts uh, that were in question. And I just really, uh, how do I say this without getting myself in trouble? I, I don't care. Um, I'm in shock <laughs> that I'm in relationship with individuals who feel that way. But, you know, this is the funny thing. I, I knew that already. You know it, but you, you hope it's not true. <laughs> to be completely hypocritical with, with your statements in the beginning, this is why we pray for God to be able to change hearts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because in some uh, cases, it, it can start there for sure. Yeah. That person needs more than just the renewing of the mind. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah that, that's a legit, <laughs> miraculous change heart type of situation. And I mean, I'm kind of yeah. playing with it a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not because this is one of those things. I remember one of the first episodes when you came on, we were talking about uh, the alter ego and and the real life individual and how most people initially thought that the real life individual was uh, the the person in, in real life and then the alter ego was the person on social media and then you switched the whole thing up and you were just like, nah, it's actually the person in real life who's the alter ego, but the real person is in social media and what you see is what you yeah. get on social media. But you know the funny thing about that also though, there's such a, there's an irony to that whole concept 
especially when you have to do life with that person in real life after you've seen this. And we've talked about this before too. Like I will not go to battle, but I'll go to battle with somebody on social media and then I'll see him on a Saturday or a Sunday or whenever in public and we're hugging and they're trying to act like nothing's wrong. And I'm just like, well, you know, I forgive you for being a jackass, but let's have a real talk. How do you think it's okay to make that statement? <laughs> that, that's the thing, because I don't want to embarrass them in front of people in public, which I do not have a problem doing, uh, if it's, especially if it's for the right cause. But how do, you, how do you find yourself okay with being able to make st- statements like that? that definitely go against the, the, the cures of, of what's really, you know, what Matthew 22, 37 to 40, you know, on those two things, hang the law and the prophets. You might love God, but I am telling you, the actions that you displayed in whatever social media or whatever medium you were talking about, they do not love neighbors, period, the end. And you got to be able to do both because those are the two greatest commandments as issued in the New Testament, which is a part of the covenant that we live by today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, and those are the words that are coming out of your mouth, nobody is perfect. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. But you you made those statements in confidence because you didn't retract them. You didn't delete them. And that means that they must be a part of who you are, your very identity to be able to present yourself in that manner to not just me, but anybody who reads it, and ultimately the United States of America, and ultimately, ultimately the world. How are you okay with that? You know, and I know, I know that's that's a great, vague question to leave up in the atmosphere, and none of y'all can answer it for those individuals. But that's what I think, and that's what goes through my mind, especially as we're having these these conversations. You know, maybe COVID doesn't really drove them a new lane of crazy. Uh, maybe you know they've kind of lost it, and they just don't care anymore. Um, I've been there before, but that's when I shut up. <laughs> and I go and I take a vacation or I take a break. You know, I go breathe for a minute. Um, I don't just start lashing out at people because that's not healthy, you know. And and for what it's worth, you know, I'm, I'm probably just, you know, shooting shots in the air blindly at this particular point in time. But I just think it needs to be heard because I think a lot of people don't recognize the people that they're shooting when they do these things. I don't think that they are uh, in recognition of the people that they are making bleed the people that they are hurting. If you're one of those people and you're listening to this right now, I love you. Cut it out. And don't just cut it out because I'm telling you to cut it out. Cut it out because if you take a look in the Bible, the last time I checked, Jesus never said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are they who tell people, oh, you suck. Or you're, what was what was it? Uh, a vapid idiot? That was the one that was used on Saturday. Yeah, blessed are they who call other people vapid idiots. What the freak, man? <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me let me just shut up. Anyway, I was just thinking about kind of going back a little bit, just talking about you know experiences. Everybody has their own life experiences, you know. We just have to be sensitive to, um, you know, everybody's story, everybody's journey. I think you know, even going back to the conversation that you had, Jordan. I think when we can truly have those conversations and understand why people have the certain perspectives that they have, um, then we can truly go deeper and see that change. And so I know for me, especially understanding that everybody's walk is different. When we can remove ourselves a little bit from it and truly look at that person and have empathy for their experience and their walk. Back to Devin's point, we can understand what we don't know. Really think about those things and implement them into the next conversations that we have with other people. And so it's just like a continuous cycle. That's how I see it. It's just a continuous cycle of changing our hearts and reflecting on our experiences and how we view things and looking at other people and their experiences and how we can kind of intertwine those things to help push change and understanding and empathy and compassion and, and love loving one another. So so you're calling me a vapid idiot. She did it in such a kind way. <laughs> No, that's not what I'm doing at all. You know, something that is so crazy because 
even through this time, like I've just seen a shift in my perspective, just being empathetic and coming from a biracial family. And again, I go back to that, just quick to listen, slow to speak. I've really just, and this time, because I've had conversations and have expressed my opinions about certain things. Um, and I've done that more so in the past too, when other things had have come up. Um, but I think for me, I'm just really like trying to listen and just be more compassionate towards people. And I think if we can all kind of take that approach, we will see true change within ourselves. I've read on social media though, someone from our church actually posted it and I thought it was so good. Must have been me. Maybe. (laughs) No, it says a dangerous yet important prayer. I don't pray enough. It says, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I just truly have been reflecting on that and praying that and like, Lord, just soften my heart. You know, I think when we can have that approach and really just go to God about that, like, Lord, check my heart, soften my heart. That's where we will find that level of compassion, that level of empathy. So anyway, those are just kind of my my thoughts. We're in such a unique time right now because, you know, I, I probably shared this before, but one of the hardest things I had to learn when it, when it came to some of these difficult topics was you're just going to end up having to leave people behind people who refuse to change or aren't ready to listen. And, you know, my wife gave me some some wisdom about that. And she's like, you know, sometimes it's not leaving people behind. It's just going to a different field. You know, like you put water and, and some fertilizer in one field and you're just not the one who's going to cultivate the, the growth there, but you need to go on to the next one. I'm seeing things online, like this is something I saw on Twitter, which is, it's very profound. It's not biblical, <laughs> but it's it's still profound because we are in a unique situation and, you know, if you go back two episodes, Jordan and I pretty much said, at this point, we're, we're drawing a line. <laughs> and Yes, we did. We did. And basically this says, you know, agree to disagree is reserved for things like, I don't like coffee, not racism, homophobia, and sexism, not human rights, not basic common decency. If I unfriend you during this, it is personal. We do not have a difference of opinion. We have a difference in morality. And the problem is, is people are wrapping up their opinion in their morality. And we have to be really careful about that, you know, not to bring it back to, to James again, but I, I remember a time in my life where there were some people that we were really, really trying to help. And it just felt like for years we were trying to help them. And in a sense, it's almost like addicts, you know, ultimately they're only going to get better if they want it more than you do. And you kind of have to understand that sometimes. And, you know, James 1, uh, 23 says, uh, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who is intently at his natural face in the mirror, who looks intently at that. And so basically, they're just refusing to kind of move forward. They're not going to be a doer. They're not going to act. And in some cases, you kind of just have to move on from people like that. Even though it's Twitter, there's wisdom and there's godly wisdom. So godly wisdom is a special place of wisdom, but that doesn't mean that just general people can't have some wisdom. And, And in some cases, you know, people are right. You know, they are right. And you know, there is kind of a line being drawn. And, and while we want to help people cross that line in a good way, some people just aren't willing to come or maybe they're not willing to come with us or maybe they're not willing to come right now. Um, but hopefully eventually they, they will get there. Yeah, I, know. I think if we bottom line anything as far as all this stuff is concerned is, um, you know, there's always a difference of opinion on the understanding of how all of this works. But if even if we step outside of racism, if we step outside of classism, which is the real problem, but we're not going to go there. Uh, if you want to step outside of all of those other things, I just, I, I love that there's kind of a paradox uh, set of statements. You know, there's like, there's a difference between things like educated and smart. You know, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, you know, and then here's the one that I would say specifically concerning this time, especially uh, in the era of um, individuals who want to, back at Candace Owens, for example, because uh, she's basically spewing their beliefs. There's a big difference between facts and truth. Yeah, There are a lot of facts out there. I have no problem with facts, uh, but I also will have a problem if you want to take those facts and veer them away from the understanding of truth, and especially in the lane of Christian principle. 
if we are talking about all the things that Christ came to redeem, um, just like we were talking about, everybody has a past. Some people still have a present. God knows everyone is going to have a future. And Jesus died on the cross for it all. <laughs> um, if we're, if we're going to be real about this, as you approach people and have conversations with them, the first thing you need to understand is, number one, man's opinion has nothing on God's judgment, leading to number two, which is really actually number one, only God is judge. Here's the problem. America plays judge a lot of things. The world plays judge too, but specifically right now and having this conversation on race relations and other matters that are very, very important, including black lives, America is playing judge and they're playing judge against each other right now too, which means we're pitted against each other and there's division. So there's no unity. But the prayer in all of this is that eventually conversation by conversation, which is why it's going to take decades. Sorry, just calling a spade a spade. Uh, we may eventually get to the place where we can actually say uh, what your homeboy in, in the group said. We can see little girls or, heck, let's just talk about Martin Luther King's dream again. You know, little black boys and black girls will play with little white boys and white girls, which they can do now. It's just the problem is as they continue to to grow, they're taught certain things that that put them against each other. You know, let's eradicate that. And I think the easiest and the best way to do it is to is to use the cross. But no, not just by praying. And, and hope for a changed heart. No, like you just said, let's put it into action. And at the same time, swaying your spot on too, let's renew these minds and let's understand what it really, really means. Uh, I think this was a good conversation. I think it's going to be another part two conversation because I definitely wanted to talk more about some other stuff, but... Are we going to tease the people and not give them the misunderstood? Yeah, yeah. Well, the good, the bad, but we're just going to ignore the misunderstood? Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to ignore the misunderstood. So we can, we can, we can do the misunderstood the next time. Okay. And then we can even talk about the ugly and the ugly misunderstood. I had some, I had some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were all over the place on that one. Can I at least close with the funny? <sighs> I have one funny. Come on. It's worth it. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurry up, man. Jeez. We had made a, a reference to Starbucks and the fact that NASCAR is getting it better than they are. Which is <laughs> <laughs> really shocking in a race debate. Yo, this tweet is so reckless, man. This is magical. There was a driver named Ray Cicerelli, I Something believe. Like that. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? I'm not very good with, with reading <laughs> words. I don't know. I think that's his name. Sure. He came out and said, listen, if NASCAR is not going to allow the Confederate flag, then I'm going to retire. And I mean, the funny part is he said, I'm going to retire at the end of the season. <laughs> so it's not like I'm retiring immediately. He didn't leave Liberty. He just said, I'll do it at the end of the season, which is actually pretty funny when you think about it itself. There was a, all kinds of shade being thrown at this poor guy on, <laughs> on Twitter. But the best one was from NASCAR. Somebody says, <laughs> well, that one, which I couldn't verify was real. So I went with the one that I know is real. Um, uh, Ray Cicerelli, 0-31 in his career has announced his retirement from NASCAR due to their decision to ban the Confederate flag. NASCAR is scrambling to find someone else who will regularly finish 28th. <laughs> and, then, and then if that wasn't enough, <laughs> he, he piles more dirt on this poor man's grave and makes his mother cry even further by saying, it's no surprise, Cicerelli has never been good at anything race-related. <laughs> <laughs> it's so magical that I couldn't help but share it because it's so good. <laughs> and even amidst, even amidst all of this, I will use my brother's favorite verse that no matter what comes, I will count it all joy. <laughs> and like, I will always try to find the funny at some point, because if you're not counting it joy at some point or another, you're missing the point, man. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. And yeah, you're right. I think that was the perfect place to end it. Uh, yep. Legit end it. Oh, man. We'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all once again uh, for tuning in to the latest and greatest. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, do all those good things. Please leave uh, those reviews too on, on Apple Podcasts because apparently algorithms are a thing and they get on my last nerve. But uh, as always, please uh, don't forget to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. I, I am Jordan. I'm Devin. I'm Justice. All right, peace.
Eye to Eye is a production of Inspired One Enterprises. Engineering by Devin Chandler. Editing and production, Jordan Brown. Marketing and media, Justice Swango. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB at Inspired One Enterprises. On Insta at I underscore the number two underscore I podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. Leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be successful as we do you. Thank you once again for rocking with us. And remember to be inspired to inspire, as that's what the inspired one does. Take care. God bless. Peace.